Hello, Internet. Who's ready for an awkward introduction? Don't worry. We are. <laughs> I'm committing, okay? Stop laughing at me. This is why I never commit. Oh, my God. I'm laughing because you, for once, you committed to a bit. The angle is slightly... And now you're laughing at me, so this is why I never commit. If you committed more, then I wouldn't laugh because it wouldn't be a weird freak occurrence. Oh, fuck you. Look, one of these days we'll get an introduction that won't be awkward. <sighs> One of these days, we should go back to that, um, that conceit of the show that was meant to be that it was, like, some sort of fantasy adventuring thing. Yeah. Oh, that's the conceit of the show, by the way. We called it Mandatory Side Quest, because it's meant to be, like, we're on a side quest. We have fucked around in the starting area long enough that we have now actually acquired the basic powers that we can actually venture from point A to point B and not die at the first, like, level one creature we find. You got that big spot on the map that is clear where you're supposed to go, and you gotta avoid that spot like the fucking plague. Yeah, pretty much, because you want to get all the XP that you can before you progress in the story and can't go somewhere else. I don't even care about getting that XP. I care about... I'm Content. gonna walk over to this tree! Ah, fuck, now I can't play half the game. Mm -hmm. God, games that, like, do that and don't warn you it's gonna happen? Oh well. Sup, Internet? Uh, I think we're talking about Fallout today. Because I thought we were gonna talk about this Dragon Age DLC, but someone doesn't want to talk about it because they didn't finish it. I have not yet finished Jaws of Hakon. Man, it wasn't gonna be the whole episode. We're gonna talk about it for, like, five minutes. I thought it would be nice to have a Bioware discussion that was positive. <laughs> After we shit all over it last time. Well, they really shouldn't have made the DLC the major components of, like, an entire game. Look, to be fair, I was gonna be complimentary and shit on them, because I've only played that, uh, Trespasser DLC for Inquisition, and the best thing about it is also the worst, in that it drops a whole heap of new lore that is, you know, completely changes everything. So, sucked in you if you played Dragon Age 4 and you didn't play Trespasser. Mm, wow. Too bad! I really don't agree with the logic of making something that's so intrinsic and important to the actual progression of your story something that is extra downloadable content. Like, that's that's shit. That's really shitty. The fact that you have to pay extra again and make the effort to actually discover this extra content. And it's not something that's just provided for you as the story. Like, if it's going to be so important to what you're actually doing, then it should be released as free DLC, for <laughs> yeah. God's sake. Yeah, you know what it would be exactly like? It would be like if you went to see Star Wars Episode Eight and there was a brand new, like, character, and you were like, who the fuck is that guy? And it turned out you had to watch um special bonus short on the Episode Seven DVD. Yeah, kind of. It's shit. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Cut that shit out, Bioware. Well, cut that shit out any game ever. Like, I know that, like, you know, DLC is, like, you know, a good way of experimenting. Like, you can do new things with the gameplay and stories and aesthetic and stuff like that. But if you're going to make it so important to your overarching story, put it in the main game! Or at the very least, like, make it free so that people can actually experience this very important thing that if they don't know and they start playing, for example, the next Dragon Age game, what the fuck are you possibly going to know? Like, are, are we just going to get, like, a really shitty, like, you know, like, ten-minute, like, cinematic or something that's supposed to be filling us in about it? I'd much rather, like, actually have played the game and experienced it. Yep. 
Well, to be fair, these games could actually maybe by now do with a, maybe a little optional video at the start that's like, hey, here's what happened on like the last three previous games if this is your first one. I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Or exposition it? dumps in story, I guess. I mean, they did it really well in Dragon Age 2 with Varric every time they had a time skip. Pay attention. Sorry, I was messaging Tim about Community. We just <sighs> finished Community Season 5. Very exciting. We live in Australia, and we didn't pirate it, so we had to wait, like, I don't know, four fucking years for it to come out on DVD. Yeah, more or less. It's a good season. Not my favorite, but it is good. I definitely thought it was better than that weird season four. It still kind of sucks how short these seasons are now, though. I feel like the season's just getting good, and it's over. Mm. Anyway, Jaws of Hakon. I really like it so far. I have not actually finished it. Ha! I tricked you into talking about Jaws of Hakon and... Oh my fucking god. Hakon. Whatever, I haven't played it yet. Hakon. Hakon. Hermione. <laughs> you said it right that time. Wait, no, is that the right one? Hermione! Her no, that sounds wrong. Hermione. Sure, it's, no. It's not Hermione. That's right. No, it's Hermione. No, I know, no, it's Hermione. It's Hermione. It's Hermione. You're a fucking moron. Uh, we also watched, like, the all eight Harry Potter movies. They're a good time. Books are better. I kind of feel like Tool for saying my favorite of the Harry Potter movies are the later ones, which sounds really tool because like, there's too much darker and mature, but, um... Tipping your fedora there much? But, for real, they are actually better. Well, it's probably because, you know, the dude who actually directed, I think, like, the last, like, two, three, something? Fuck. It was the same director from, I think, four onwards. Okay, well, the last, like, you know, three, because, I mean, like, there was the last movie and then there was a the last one, which was two parts. I definitely feel like... It's uh, kind of a unified style. Yeah, like, there was, but, like, I also did appreciate how it was less word-for-word word of the book and more cinematic. I appreciated that everyone had made, like, eight movies by then, so they were all better at acting, the kids. Neville? Uh, everyone knows what happened to Neville. Oh, actually, I was very uh, surprised by how much I enjoyed The Half-Blood Prince this time when we watched it. Considering I remembered dick about it previously, literally all I could remember was that stupid bit at the end where Snape's stalking off and then he dramatically turns and he's like, I was the half-blood prince. Resume stalking. Mm -hmm. That was good. good. I, I, again, I actually, I've immediately forgotten everything that happened in it, but I liked whatever it was. Whatever it was that happens looks good. Draco dramatically looked at a cupboard for like half an hour. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Uh, he really, he really does not do much in the last couple of movies. He looks dramatically at a cupboard. Yeah, pretty much. I am still very firmly of the opinion, like, you know, J.K. Rowling can do whatever she wants and that's fine, but for the same reasons that I will judge real people being in a relationship, I'm going to judge this fictional relationship. Harry and Ginny still feels incredibly shoehorned to me. Oh man, it feels weird, because in the movies... I, I always thought it was weird, because for some reason I always had it in my head that Harry was 15 and Ginny was 10. Even though they're only actually one year apart, and it's because in the movies they keep her in, like, pigtails and girl shirts up until movie 6. Yeah, good god. Like, if you need a prime example of that, look at the fucking dress that she wears to the Triwizard. The Yule Ball, the Yule Ball. Suddenly they're like, oh wait, shit, she's meant to be, like, slightly sexualized in this book? Shit, we better kind of sexy her up a bit. Or at least we better mature her up so she doesn't look like a ten-year-old. I assume it's the same thought process that led to Creature barely being in a book, movie 5. We're like, oh shit, that guy's important? Crap, we gotta get him back in in movie 7. 
more or less. I don't know, like, to me, it kind of feels like J.K. Rowling was like, fuck, I've gotta get Harry with someone, or, like, fans, or are just gonna make their own kind of conclusions, I guess? Eh, I should've hooked her up with Luna. You gotta hook her up with anyone. Are we talking about Ginny and Luna, or Harry and Luna? I'm talking about Harry and Luna. Because you said her, and that misled me. Like, I'm not gonna lie, but Ginny and Luna would also be cute. I don't know. I don't. Do they ever talk to each other? I assume that they kind of talk when Harry isn't around. No, I mean, we don't really see them interact on screen. I kind of buy Harry and Luna as a couple on screen more than I buy Harry and Ginny. Yeah, obviously. I'm just saying, like, what you were saying made it seem like you were implying Ginny. I don't really give a shit about Ginny and who she ends up with. Luna's cool because she's weird and she kind of, like, embraces it, I guess, which is, like, a weird way of saying it, but not in, like, a proud way. She's kind of just, like, content with it. Kind of in a sad way, though. It is. It's very clear she's endured years of, like, bullying and harassment, and she just kind of accepts it. Yeah. But she's gone through so much trauma, and I feel like the way that she treats life would have also have been quite good for Harry, as, like, a recovery process, almost. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. Can't really oh, well. Know. Didn't happen. I don't remember exactly what happens to her in the prologue. Maybe she marries Neville. I feel like she goes off and becomes a plant studier. Well, Neville becomes, like, the teacher for herbology, so I yeah. know that much. Oh, I think she goes off to discover, like... Wait, what What does he say at the end? Who? Oh, I gotta f go find Luna. I'm, I'm mad about her, something like that. Oh, yeah, he does. I gotta go tell her I'm mad about her. So, do you like my British accent? Yes, I'm not sure which country that was meant to be. I have no fucking idea. I don't remember what country never was. Uh, English? British? Shrug? Man, it's gonna be so weird, this new movie that's set in America. All these fucking American wizards. Mm. I like hearing all these English and Scottish and Welsh wizards. And Irish ones. Now it's gonna be all like, Hey, I'm doing magic here. Hey. Hey. I'm hexing here. <laughs> Hang on, oh god, I gotta remember how I do my shitty Amer American accent. No glass or what? I'm, I'm a wizard. I'm doing magic. Are you from the fucking bayou? That is how American sound. Are you trying sound. to be Gambit? That is how American sound. Are you trying to be Cajun? Because that is an extreme example. No, if I was being Cajun, I'd be all like... Bobby, oh. shut up. Bobby, shut up. <laughs> There's always more gators in the bayou. It's not you. It's not you, a Gambit. This need a little Gambit magic. Oh, Cherie, maybe you need a little kiss, no? Why are you French? Because Cajuns are French. Oh, well, that sound very that's why That's why 50% of Gambit's dialogue is, ma chérie. Sure. Take your word for it. It is. He has that terrible romance with Rogue, which, God, looking back on that in that cartoon, it's the worst. Rogue's whole deal is that when people touch her, they go into comas, and he will not stop trying to make out with her. Does he have a death wish? I, he's just really fucking horny, apparently, for her. Like Again, does he have a death wish? Gambit, you... No, I can't do Southern. Hang on. I can't do Southern Belle. What's the line? Remy, you know I can't touch you. Is she Southern Belle? Yeah, she's a Southern Belle. Really? Yeah. that's. I know that she shrieks a lot, and that's the most I can... <laughs> she's, she's from the South. She's from generically the South. All I remember is that line from that, like, clip of all those X-Men things where... Why don't I come down there and shut you up? Yeah. You're looking more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Yes. Uh. Claremont's great. What was oh, What was the thing? 
No, it was Chappie. It was when we watched Chappie the other night. Hugh Jackman's line. Well, mate, you're making me mad. You're making me cross as a frog in a sock. It's like, yes, you're Australian. Um, I don't actually think that no matter where you are, you would actually use terminology or like that around people who legitimately never use it. Tell you what, though, your terminology. We were in New Zealand. An old guy in a caravan park said to uh, my friend Tim once, "Boxer boots, mate. That's boxer boots." The fuck does that mean? Good, apparently. Really? He says like, "How you going?" And he's like, "Boxer boots, mate." Okay. That's Kiwi's boy. I don't know why I'm doing that in Australian accent. I say that's not Kiwi at all. Oh, it's boxer boots, mate. <laughs> you guys want to have all your ghost chips, brew? There you go. I like to buy some stimps, please. It's a boxer boots, brew. Stereotypes. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only way I can manage that. Ah, it's so. not really a stereotype. New Zealand, Kiwis do sound like that. Yeah, kind of. Wearing their jindles. It's what they call sandals. Yes. They call thongs, they call them jindles. My jindles? Sandals are disgusting. Thongs are gross. They are. I don't like seeing them. I don't like seeing people wearing them. They're not comfortable to wear. Like, uh, your feet get all sweaty. I'm not a fan of seeing feet in public. Woo! I say as I wave my legs around in the air. Good work. <laughs> because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> I like that you added that um closed caption terminology there. <laughs> Whatever. Are we going to talk about anything else? Did you actually want to talk about Fallout? Oh, well, I had Fallout up just because it was probably the game that I've actually completed most recently that I really committed to. I don't, like, uh, I did really like it. I don't know if I necessarily liked it better than 3, which probably would have been my favorite one prior. I still haven't played Fallout 4. I was playing something else when you were playing it, and now I saw you play it a lot, so I'm going to wait a while, just so I'm not repeating all this stuff. Yeah, I know the big complaint I've heard is that, like, it's a lot of combat and not much story. It's it's true. Like, almost everything does get solved by shooting shit. Like, every mission is go somewhere, shoot someone. And, oh my god, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person who got sick and fucking tired of Preston telling me that settlements that needed my help. After a certain point, I kind of just literally ignored everything that he told me because I was just like, God fucking damn it, I'm not fighting another group of goddamn raiders for this middle of fucking nowhere town again. Yeah, I couldn't really tell if those were continuously generating or if it was actually a finite number. They continuously generate, which... Oh, fucking then. Yeah, It would be like that stupid thing in Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition, those, um... Power missions? No, not the power. Yeah, the power the missions. The requisitions. The, the requisition missions. Yeah. The stupid missions. It's like, go collect these kind of rocks for the Inquisition to study. I have my way to do them all. And then it's like, oh, they just respawn. Yep. Doesn't, me getting cloth so the Inquisition can build boats doesn't actually unlock a new boat-related mission. It's just a quest that sits in your quest journal and never goes away. Yeah. But it was still enjoyable, I think, for the story. Like... You kind of ended up with more of a character where they told the story for you. Kind, like, kind of hawk, kind of hawkish. Like, like you, you were in a marriage, you had a child in a place, you were either like a lawyer, or you were an ex-military. One, like you end up in a vault. One of whichever one you are, your spouse dies, and you're oh. oh yeah, spoiler alert! Yeah, that's a spoiler <laughs> for like the first five minutes of the game. That's very loud. I can see that on the thing. Yeah, I'll shrink it down. Yeah, spoiler. So, like, so, like, you have, like, a set story that, like, Fallout 4 has kind of given you. I kind of like that because I kind of like having parameters to work with, especially since Fallout 4 is very much its own 
kind of aesthetic universe. I say aesthetic just because it's purely based on the notion of, like, you know, 1950s nuclear families. And, like, the whole look and the whole feel and, like, the whole idea from that. So, having already had the theme of Fallout to work from, I liked having a story set in front of me that I could then further extrapolate from for the character that I was making and playing. Morality, decisions, alignments, all that kind of shit. And I know that some people hate that, though, because they want to pick up a Bioware game and they want to make their character whatever the fuck they want. Bethesda. Bethesda, yeah. There is one downside to that, and that's the fact that it is an open-world Bethesda game, which means I need to find my baby after I go fight those mole rats over there. Yeah. I'm going to go collect these magazines that give me a new haircut. Like, I certainly stopped caring about finding Sean pretty quickly. Find <laughs> Sean? Yeah. Sean! Oh, wow. Sean! I've been playing Heavy Rain lately, guys. Oh! <laughs> heavy Rain is a sack of shit. I don't know how the fuck it got all those 10 out of 10. I don't care if it was six years ago. I don't care if it was, ooh, other games didn't really have a lot of story, but it's a sack of shit. The ending is bullshit and makes no sense. The, the ending only makes sense because the game straight up lies to you about events that are your character is doing and thinking about. All the, all the scripting is garbage. None of the characters are good except that one private eye. And that one private eye might be one of the only... I think he's the only American actor. I think a lot of the other actors are French. So they're not acting in their native language. Maybe one of them's English. Whatever. Heavy, heavy Rain's a sack of shit. And I didn't even get the cool bugged out ending where the guy keeps saying Sean during the dramatic ending because the game's glitched. So Fallout 4. I got distracted by Sean. I definitely didn't care. And at a certain point in the game, you can kind of sort of be aligned with everyone, which was fucking weird. Oh, that thing at the end where you have to pick a faction, I don't like that. Yeah, and like, no matter who you pick, you like 100% end up being enemies with someone. But, uh, it is. Like, like they but, ha they haven't actually done that since Elder Scrolls 3. Because like, no matter who you side with, be it Railroad, Brotherhood of Steel... Minutemen, like, whoever. I don't remember any of the other factions, unfortunately. I'm sure there are more. Chappies. You can side with the Chappies. Oh, yeah, you can You can also side with the Institute, which uh, side with you robots. would definitely be having to... Ooh, you'd, ooh. There, you need to be playing as an evil person to side with a set Well, not necessarily evil, but, like, good God, actually making that decision. But then again, you know, you can also choose to doom the Krogans and murder Rex, so, you know... But yeah, like, no matter who you side with, you always end up making an enemy. And it doesn't help, like, for, for me, for example. I was playing most of it through with the Brotherhood of Steel, because, mostly just because I wanted to romance dance. Romance I'm dance. unapologetic about the fact that that is 100% the reason that I joined the Brotherhood. Romance dance? You gotta guide your piñatas through the maze? What? That's a Viva Piñata reference, everybody. Romance dance. <laughs> okay, cool. But, like, uh, I'm still also really upset about the fact that, like, during Dance's personal quest, there's this one bit that happens. It's this very, very, very important thing that kind of changes his entire worldview. I don't even know if you know or not. Oh, I think I know. I know what it is. Oh, okay. Well, spoiler alert! Oh, okay, yeah, spoiler for this Dance mission. Incredible big spoiler alert. So Dance is a synth, and when he finds that out, you know, it's basically like, oh god, I cannot even think of a good equivalent to this. 
Like, I've dedicated my life to this thing that I truly and utterly believed in, and I am the enemy of that. Yeah. And, uh, since I, I was, like, I was flirt optioning with him the entire time up until that point. Like, I'd been with him on every single mission. I'd, you know, taken him to all my important cutscenes. And I was so upset that during the scene where you track him down, you know, Dance is like, oh, I, th- I thought that you, or Maxon would send you to find me, or, you know, as the scene goes, blah, blah, blah. I'm so upset that, like, by the time, like, you get to the point of, like, oh, why did you come and track me down? And you have, like, options of stuff, like, you know, it's my mission, or blah, 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 and then one of them is, you're my friend. I wanted one of them to just be, like, in all fucking caps, for God's sake, because I love you. Because I would have given anything... Doesn't that feel like an absolutely perfect dramatic moment for something like that? For, like, finalizing your romance with dance? Like, I don't care if you're a robot. I came here because I love you and I don't want you to die. And the Brotherhood is wrong because you're an amazing person. And all that stuff that you end up going on about, about how, like, being a synth isn't what defines you. You're more human than, like, anyone I've ever met and all that nonsense. Someone's got a lot of feels about dance for someone who hates romance. I have a lot of feels about not taking advantage of a perfect dramatic moment when you could have. I'm upset about the fact that some writer did not take advantage of that. To be fair, Bethesda aren't really very good writers, generally. Well, they need to get at least one person like me who can sit there during the playtesting and be like, Ooh! Ooh! Make this dramatic! Okay, I will say Bethesda are good at writing fun, interesting little missions. And being atmospheric. They're not so hot on actual... Oh god, I never actually got that far in Skyrim. I played a lot of Oblivion, and then I just couldn't get into Skyrim. But that scene I saw you playing where it's you sit at a fucking meeting table for 20 minutes while not very good actors read not very good lines. I liked Skyrim. That was a shocking scene, though. You gotta admit that. I don't remember a lot about it. It It was one of your main story quests. There was some debate going on around a table. Like, I'm pretty sure at one point I stayed up till 3am because I discovered, um, I think it's called Blackreach? Maybe? It's this area that's, like, underground and it's fucking huge. Like, it's the size of, like, a, like a fourth of the map oh, or I something. Oh, yeah, you told Yeah, me about it's like it. this cool little underground area. There's, like, a bunch of Dwemer ruins, like, there's a shit ton of spiders, there's those creepy cave goblin people. Yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Falmer? I think, I think I only ended up playing Skyrim four times. Four times. But, like, each time was for six hours. Like, when I started play, if I was playing Skyrim, I couldn't stop playing Skyrim. But once I'd stopped playing it, I didn't really care about starting to play it again, if you get me. TLDR, there needed to be more drama in Fallout 4 that could have been really easy to do if someone had thought of it. I think in Skyrim I just got sick of fighting dragons all the time. Like, you're trying to walk from A to Z, and fucking dragons are flying in like they're oblivion cliff racers. Cliff racers! So high. Uh, long story short, Harry Potter movies you know, they ain't, they ain't that bad. I still think the books are better. They're not. They're not exactly great pieces of cinema. No. But uh, yeah, they're fun. They're fun. I kind of like it in the later ones also because they get away from more of the stupid. Let's just put some fancy effects in here to have weird wizardy shit. Bioware needs to stop making DLC important aspects of their games. Yeah, stop setting up your next game in the de- optional DLC. Again, emphasis on the fact that it's optional. Also, it's not part of your main story. DLC is supposed to just be like extra fun, extra shit. It's not plot intrinsic shit. Bethesda needs to get better at writing. 
Bethesda, yeah. Apparently, Bethesda needs to uh, take a drama class. Apparently, or two. New Vegas was written very was much better for story. I could never really get into New Vegas. I as couldn't much either. As I, could, I just yeah. didn't really give a shit about being courier looking for them. I did that mission like, I know where that you sent ghouls to the moon, and yeah. that was it. I know that it's a favorite of a lot of people, but I don't know. Like, I could just never get into New Vegas as much as I could ever get into three or four. Yeah. I I don't know. Also, I mean, the only other Obsidian game. Because it was made by Obsidian, not Bethesda, mm. was um Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is interesting and has a lot of interesting ideas, but it kind of shits the bed at the end. Yeah, I keep hearing that. Like they very clearly kind of ran out of time or money or something. It's like, oh, I found out what the villain's plot was when I was explaining it to a different character in a dialogue option, and I was like, wait, what? That's the plot? I guess. I does have that one Jedi master I beat by standing behind a pillar. Yeah, I also beat the error shock by standing behind a pillar. <laughs> exploiting, exploiting NPC logic. Exploiting the game. They all stand through the door. They all stand in the doorway where the giant monster can't reach you. I do that all the time. Or on a cliff. I also do that all the time. Or just any kind of raised platform where I know that the enemies can't reach me. They all cast your magic spells through the door without opening it. <laughs> yep. Fireball! I think we're done. I think we're done. I really want to go eat those ice creams. Yeah. It's really fucking hot and I want to eat those ice creams. You have ventured to the save point halfway down the road and you discover a magic chest which gives you a robe which uh, basically shits all over all of your other stats but it gives you plus one and something important. That's good. Cause you know, like you have like this armor that's like really well balanced and like it has like good defense and oh, good it, attack. It and looks then you really shit though. Yes, of course it does. It always does. It looks fucking terrible. But you have to wear it because you're like, you know, level two and you will die I, in like two seconds. I if wish you I could have kept my Inquisitor in a cool long coat forever. But it was medium armor and I need to put on Yeah, I kind of save all of my dragon bones until like the very last fight because I like running around in the cool looking coat. I save my dragon bones and my dragon skin until the very, very end. I make the best armor that I possibly can. And I only ever wear it in the final battle against Corypheus because I like running around in a good outfit for most of the game. Cool. Eh, Video games should just believe in outfit slots like Swotor does. Yeah, they should. you should just be able to... <laughs> I really liked in Dragon Age 2 that there was no armor. Yeah, like you could buy upgrades oh, for wait, your well, companions. Oh, on a Hawkhead but... armor. Your character had armor, but nobody else did. Oh, Hawk had armor, but once you got, like, the champion of Kirkwall stuff, you basically didn't have to get anything else. I liked that all the side characters had distinct looks, and you didn't fuck their looks up by putting them in weird armor. Yeah, I did I did like that, and how companions in Dragon Age 2 just felt much more like... Also, I really like having one less fucking thing to manage in the inventory. Yeah, like, companions felt much more autonomous in 2. Where, like, you know, you could buy them little upgrades, like, you know, like an armored corset, or... By armored corset, I mean, like, you fill in a slot that's, like, you know, plus two, what, con, or something. Well, it was. It was, like, you buy a padded corset upgrade, and Isabel gets plus two defense. And I think that, like... Wait, is it Isabel or Isabella? I think what... I think the costumes change a tiny, tiny bit if you get, like, all of the slots. Is that what happens? No, the costumes change when you romance them. Oh, just romance? And or... it varies. Like, Isabel... Isabella? Isabel. Which one's a dog mayor? Isabella? Okay, yeah, Isabel. Like, if you romance Isabel, I think she gets, like, a little... No, that doesn't sound right. Isabel? What? Oh my god, why can't I remember? I what? fucking love this game. One of them's the sexy pirate wench in Dragon Age, and one of them's a cute dog mayor. 
in Animal Crossing. Look, whichever one's the pirate wench, when you romance her... Isabella. Gets, Isabella. I think she gets, like... It's with one L. That's what always throws yeah. me. Isabella is the dog mayor. Okay. Isabella gets, like, a single red ribbon around her arm. And I think she gets a black... No, that's fair. That's Fenris. No, she gets a red ribbon on her arm. And I think she gets a black corset on top of her shirt. Oh. She doesn't change that much. Fenris has a red thing around his wrist. Yeah, Fenris gets... Some of them get, like, nothing, practically. Some of them do get nothing. I don't know what Beth. I don't know what um she is not Bethany. That's your sister. Meryl. No, not Meryl. She get, actually Meryl. Aveline? Yeah, Meryl gets a weird like silver. Her outfit looks like it's made of silver chain mail when you romance her. Hmm. She probably does have the biggest change because her whole color changes. I don't know what Aveline looks like because why would you ever romance Aveline? Because, because Aveline's precious with Donic. Because that would ruin the perfectly good romance she already has going on. Also because then like you don't get to do that awesome scene where like you're trying to set them up and it's preciously awkward. You have to have that weird side quest where they go on a date and you run around killing bandits. Yep. It's a nice night for an evening. Aveline, I love you. Good. I guess I hope she comes back in a future game, but I mean, I can't really see her ever leaving Kirkwall. Yeah, I feel like she's pretty dead set there. Like, if she turns up into Winter, which well, is definitely where the next Dragon Age is going to be, like, why the fuck would she yeah, have why abandoned... Why would you leave Kirkwall, yeah. What would the chief of police in Kirkwall be doing into Winter halfway around the world? Especially since, like, you know, in at least my playthroughs, like, Kirkwall's being, like, beset upon by Starkhaven, so she's got her hands full. Yeah. Fucking Sebastian's got, like, a stick up his ass oh, the size actually, of a sycamore tree and all that. That's actually mine. one little complaint I have about the Dragon Age thing. The longer it keeps going, the more characters they keep putting in, and the more fans, and I feel like also writers, keep wanting these characters to come back and show up. Which is fine. But, I mean, each game you're getting more and more characters who have to show up for little cameos. I mean, you've already got... They're computer generated. You can do it. No, I just mean, like, it's like every adventure you go on, Alistair has to show up, uh, Sandal has to show up, Dagna has to show up now? Dagna's in the Inquisition. Yeah, but I mean, like, she's a pre- All these previous characters who people like, they just keep showing up. Well, some of them make sense. Dagna makes perfect sense. Yeah, but I mean, does King Alistair really have to show up every time? He's no. people he could send. He also doesn't. He shows up in one scene and look, my yells at you and look, then my main complaint off. is Varric. I really like Varric, so I can't complain too much. I really like Varric, but he does not belong in Inquisition. It really feels like it's like... It really feels like, they're like, hey everybody, it's Varric! And Varric came through the door and his studio audience was like, woo, clap. I really like Varric. He's like the Kramer of Inquisition. I really like Varric. By which I mean he just barges through the door and he's there and the audience likes him. Not that he's weird and hates black people like Kramer. I like him too, but he doesn't feel like he naturally belongs in that story. Even if, I, just, I'm, I like him, I'm still glad to have more content of him. Yeah, but it'd be like if you played this new Mass Effect Andromeda and Garrus was just there. I like Garrus, but he's got no place being there. Let's go eat that ice cream. We out. Shit, we gotta enjoy your shitty robe. Wait, I gotta do the outro. Do the outro. There's an, uh, we got a website. It's knightsofpodcast.com. That's knights of a K. And I think you have to put the www's in at the front. I don't know why. I gotta look into it. Also, we have an email address. It is asknightsofpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email or something. I don't know. Ask a question. We'll probably answer it, because if you send a question, it's probably the only one we've gotten. Why do you want to ask the cover anything? Oh, research. I'll skim a Wikipedia page. I'm the kind of person who will do fucking search. Yeah, you won't take notes in the movie podcast. Oh, we also do a movie podcast. You it's the A to Z of films. It's the A to Z of film podcast. You take notes. I have to take all the notes. Okay, now we're actually out.
Fare thee well, adventurers! That's my wizard voice! <laughs>